results. Results to get healthy, fit, strong body in the shortest period of time, in the safest way possible, in the best way possible. Isn't that what we all want? It's got to be safe so we don't get injured. If you're injured, you can't exercise at all. You don't want it to be slow. I don't know. I've never met anybody that wants to get slow results. I want to get it now. How about you? And what's the best way possible to get the results that somebody wants? And as an exercise professional, isn't that our responsibility? If you're a coach, if somebody's coming to you and saying, please, can you help me get into shape, get healthy, lose weight, have a healthy, fit, strong body for the rest of my life, my favorite words, stay young and strong for long, how do I do that in the safest way possible, in the shortest way possible, in the best way possible? And it's interesting because the world is full of information, have you noticed? <laughs> if you go to Dr. Google and say, how do I lose weight? What's the best exercise for my bum? What's the best exercise to lose fat off my abs? What should I eat for breakfast? Dr. Google will tell you. <laughs> uh, and if you then go to social media, if you go to Mr. Instagram or Mr. Facebook or Mrs. YouTube or any of the great opportunities we have to search the world for information, you'll get lots of it, yeah? So how do you know what's the safest way, what's the quickest way, and what's the best way to get the results that you want? And of course, as an exercise professional, it's our responsibility to know the answers to those questions. And the only way we would know the answers is know your anatomy and physiology. Could that be a good idea? So if you can analyze any exercise and work out whether it's safe, whether it's effective, whether it's going to waste somebody's time, and we wouldn't want to do that because I think that's even worse. I think that's the worst one because even an injury, if you injure somebody, which God forbid, can you imagine what it would be like as an exercise professional to injure somebody? Please don't. But at least we can recover from injury. When you waste somebody's time, they can never get that time back. So I would feel very irresponsible if I gave somebody something to do that was a waste of time or it wasn't going to give them the results that they wanted in the shortest period of time. How about you? Is that a responsibility that you would like to take on board? Please say yes. So how do we work it out for ourselves? Surely we're going to learn our anatomy and physiology so that we can analyze any exercise. Is it safe? Is it functional? Is it going to give the person the best results possible in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible? Is this the best exercise? Uh, and sometimes for the sake of variety, we go, well, it might not be the best exercise, but I don't want people to get bored. Well, I always use this analogy. Uh, I could brush my teeth slower or more boring or different, but why would I if the quickest, best way is to brush my teeth for one, maybe two minutes, get the job done, and I've got clean teeth now? Is it possible that the process is not that important as long as we get the outcome? And the process, uh, when I say not important, surely we don't want it to be long, we don't want it to be boring, we don't want it to be complicated. Most people, I imagine, would want to get the, the result, the best result possible in the shortest, shortest period of time in the safest way possible so they don't get injured. Now, there is a, a, an interesting headspace for some people. And as an exercise professional, I'm sure that you have dealt with this already or you're dealing with this right at this minute, perhaps, where somebody says to you, I want to do an exercise that will waste their time. It's not functional. It's not the best exercise and uh, it could end up hurting them. And what do you do as an exercise professional when your client, the person that wants to pay you money to teach them that exercise or spot them through that exercise or motivate and inspire them through that exercise wants you 
you know that if you get, if they do that exercise, it's going to waste their time, it's going to hurt them, or it's not the best exercise for them. What do you do now? Tough question. And I always answer in a, in a very interesting, and, and uh, I always answer in exactly the same way. As adults, <laughs> we have the right to do whatever we bloody well want. Isn't that awesome? So as an adult, you can smoke, you can drink, you can take drugs, pharmaceutical, recreational, you can gamble, you can steal, you can cheat, you can do terrible things. You get to choose. Adults can do whatever they want. But we have to accept that there's a consequence, yeah? So if you smoke, there's a consequence that you'll probably get lung cancer. If you drink, that you could get drunk and wake up the next morning with a hangover. If you take pharmaceutical or recreational drugs, you could get addicted to them and there's some horrible side effects. So we all, we do, we all have to weigh up. This is the thing that I choose to do. This is the risk involved. I have to accept the consequence. But if you're a parent... And a small child says to you, should I smoke, should I drink, should I take drugs, should I take or should I start gambling, should I take big risks with my life, uh, with my health, uh, uh, what would your answer be? <laughs> and that's the responsibility I take on board as an exercise professional. What somebody else chooses to do in their own time, in their own workout, and they want to take the responsibility and the risk involved with that exercise, they want to waste their own time, they choose to do something that isn't the best, isn't the safest, isn't functional, and isn't going to give them the best results, that's an adult's choice. But as a professional, I can't deliver that information. I couldn't. I couldn't put my hand on my heart and call myself a professional if I gave somebody an exercise that could hurt them had any risk of hurting them barring an accident and I get that when you go to the gym or if you do an exercise there's a chance that you could stub your toe you could drop a weight on your toe you could trip on something in the gym you could fall over the gutter when you go running you could uh, get bitten by a, a something in the ocean when you go swimming there's lots of risks involved in everything that we do in life but as a professional, I believe I have the responsibility to make sure that I, at all times, give my client the best exercise, the safest exercise, and the one that's going to give them the quickest result in the shortest period of time. So how do I answer that question? Uh, Rowie, I want to do this exercise, and I already know that it could hurt their joint, it's not functional, and it's going to waste their time. Uh, would it be a good idea to be able to ask the right questions? Could you ask your client those simple questions? Uh, I would like you to get, I know that you want to get these results. And that's the important part of communication. Do you know exactly what your client wants, why they want it, when they want it, how they're going to feel when they achieve it, how they'll feel if they don't achieve it? Are they on track or off track to achieving it? And if you ask the question, do you want me to give you the best exercises, the safest exercises to give you the quickest results in the shortest period of time, uh, would you like to do that? And I've never had anybody say no. So if somebody says to me, Rowie, I want to do, and I'll use the example for me, sit-ups, because I have, at the age of 18, uh, suffered from, and I say suffered, uh, yeah, it hurt, it bloody hurt. I perforated my disc. And the reason for that was because I did lots of sit-ups, and not just sit-ups, but sit-ups with a twist. So when you do this to your spine, you do this to the vertebrae between your spine, oh, sorry, the disc between your vertebrae, and you squish it, squish it, squish it, squish it, squish it, and then you twist it, twist it, twist it, twist it, twist it. It's not going to be very long before that disc wears away or breaks. And that's what happened to me at 18 years of age. And when I went, and I'm very privileged because I ended up at a sports orthopedic surgeon who 
he didn't yell at me, but he made it quite clear that the reason that I had a perforated disc and I was going to have some challenges with my back now is because I did sit-ups and sit-ups with a twist. Uh, I didn't ask any questions about the when I came into the exercise profession. Uh, everyone was doing sit-ups, so I did too. I didn't ask any questions. I didn't think for myself. I just did what everybody else was doing. Can you hear how stupid that sounds? I feel really embarrassed to actually say that. Uh, I did it because everybody else was doing it. It seems that uh, that's the reason that most people have given me for wanting to do a silly exercise, for wanting to do a waste of time exercise, for wanting to do a dangerous exercise, for wanting to do a fashionable exercise. They've seen it somewhere else. So they've seen a guru do it. They've seen a social media influencer do it. They've seen an elite athlete do it. They've seen a a movie star do it. And they go, well, I want to do those exercises because she's got a beautiful bum and I want to do the exercises that she does. Or he's got big arms, so I want to do his exercises. Or they've got flat abdominals, so I want to do those exercises. And my question is always this, awesome. Let's work it out (laughs) together. You as the person who I'm absolutely committed to getting the best results possible in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible, I'm the coach for that. You're the person that wants to get the results for that. Let's work it out together. Let's analyze that exercise from top to bottom. What are the muscles involved? What results do you want to get? Is there a better, safer exercise? Is there something that's going to be more effective? Will that waste your time or will that be a good investment in your time? And of course, that's not about telling somebody what to do. It's a bit like going up to somebody and saying, don't smoke, it's bad for you. Can you imagine finding somebody on the street who's having a cigarette and going up to them and saying, don't do that, it's bad for you. Even I'm not a smoker, but I would find that offensive because as an adult, we get to choose what we want to do. But, and I'll go back to my example, if I was giving advice to a child, I don't want a child to start smoking. And if I can prevent them from ever smoking, how would I do that? And I don't think, only because I've been involved with children for a long time and I was a rebellious child myself, when somebody says, don't do that, it's bad for you, uh, why is it that as humans we seem to want to do it more? Uh, So, of course, the communication skills involved in sharing the effectiveness of an exercise is not going to come from, don't do that, it's bad for you. Uh, Perhaps you've tried that and it didn't work. I'm not sure. I certainly did that in my early days as an exercise professional when I had no communication skills and I blew relationships forever because I made silly comments like that. So the question, of course, is, and I always go through this process, Uh, Do you want to get the best results possible in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible? That's the three questions. So safe and short and best. Then the question is, why do you want to do that exercise? Isn't that the outcome and the result far more important than the process? So yes, we brush our teeth, but what is the outcome of brushing our teeth? Straight, clean, white teeth, fresh breath, beautiful mouth. The process, yes, there is a process, but what's the quickest, safest, best way to brush your teeth to get the outcome? And that's what I always share with my clients. If there was a best way, the safest way, the quickest way, is that what you'd want to do? Or do you want to do the slow way, the boring way, the one that's going to hurt you? So now let's work it out for ourselves. So I'm going to use sit-ups as the example because that's the one that seems to be still around and I can't understand why because I'm a very old lady now, chronologically, and uh, I stopped doing those when I perforated my disc at 18. Uh, and And the reason for that, of course, is when you do this and this, you break your, you'll actually break, perforate, 
wear away the disc between your vertebrae. Uh, so it's a dangerous exercise. It's not if you'll hurt your back, it's just when you'll hurt your back if you keep doing them. I think one of the reasons why we get away with that as as a as an industry, I won't call it a profession, we keep giving people silly exercises, but because people don't stick to their exercise program, they're not as at higher risk of getting injured. And I'm going to ask this question very personally. How would you feel if you give your client an exercise that hurts their back, hurts their knee, hurts their shoulder, they exercise with you for the first time or the 101st time, and they leave that session with you with a broken something because you gave them an exercise that wasn't if it would hurt them, it's just when it would hurt them. And I'm sure that's a situation you never want to be in. And I'll put a little bit more pain into that question. Is it possible that if you do that to somebody, if you hurt their disc, if you hurt their shoulder, if you hurt their knee, if you hurt their hip because you give them an exercise that puts shearing forces across their joint rather than compression forces and traction forces, that not only will you have you are at risk of injuring them, but now are you at risk of putting yourself into some kind of legal situation? There are many cases now going through court where people have given somebody a silly exercise, a waste of time exercise, a dangerous exercise. It's hurt them, and now the, the, the trainers ended up in court. Of course, I don't want that for you. So the question is, do I want to give information to my client that's going to give them the best result possible in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible? Of course, the answer is yes. So how could we justify an exercise that puts, for example, shearing forces across the joint? And when you do a sit-up exercise, a crunch exercise, even if you flip it over and you do a plank exercise, you've still got gravity pushing across the joint, not through the joint, which means it's automatically in an unsafe position. So number one, it's going to hurt you. Number two, because the question is, why are we doing this exercise? And if you stick with the, the outcome of the exercise, the result, the result of the exercise, surely it's about, I want to give you the best exercise possible. And a lot of the time when it comes to doing abdominal exercises, and I'll use the word core very uh, hesitatingly again, because that's not even an anatomical term. It's kind of a fashionable fad term that everyone seems to be using. But the, and here's a great question. If somebody says we're going to do core exercises and they lie you on the floor or they get you to do this or twist or do a plank or any of those exercises, the question, I, and I think you have the right to ask, if you are somebody's giving you that exercise to do, shouldn't you ask or be, have the right to ask, why are we doing this exercise and how does it work? Is there a better exercise? Is it functional? Is it safe? And unfortunately, when you've got a shearing force going across the joint, and we always use the example, if you rub two pieces of wood together and there's sandpaper in there, obviously the wood's going to wear away. Now, depending on the, the grittiness of the sandpaper, how quickly that wears away. So if it's not very gritty, it won't, it won't wear quickly, but it'll still wear away. But there's some exercises that will literally break the joint pretty quickly. If you do a shearing force with the rotation force, it won't be long before that that joint is broken. Even if it's a fashionable exercise, even if everybody's doing it, even if social media experts are saying it's the best exercise possible, do you not have the right to ask why are we doing this and how does it work? So if the outcome of an abdominal exercise, crunches, sit-ups, planks, there's a whole heap of them, <laughs> uh, and the, the concept is all the same, where you work a very small muscle 
which doesn't expend very much energy. Uh, you're not lifting a heavy load, so it's not going to make it stronger. You're putting the joint under shearing force and rotational force. And then for what reason? If it's to burn fat off your abdominals, uh, the physiology for that just doesn't add up. And you have the right to ask, how does this burn fat off my abdominals? Uh, if, if you could do that, if you could move this part of your body and fat would explode off your abdominals, then I would have a very thin face, a very, very thin face because I talk a lot. I would have very thin fingers because I type a lot. And if you play piano or guitar or you use your hands, you should have very thin fingers. Uh, if you exercise one leg and not the other leg, you should have one skinny leg and one fat leg. Uh, the, the physiology of fat removal from the body obviously doesn't work like that. You can't just move your arm around and go, Rowie, what are you doing? I'm burning fat off my arm. Really? <laughs> I will get a sore arm and I'll get a burning sensation in my arm, but that burning sensation, is that exploding fat cells? Or could that be the waste product of the lactic acid, or the lactic acid is the waste product from the lactate system, uh, which means I'm not burning fat anyway. And of course, that's anatomy and physiology. And as an exercise professional, do we have the responsibility to learn our anatomy, learn our physiology, and then be able to ask the right questions of our client to make sure that we give them the right result? So if my client says to me, I want to do sit-ups or side leg raises or donkey kicks or anything on the floor. One of the great questions to ask is, what is the outcome you want to get from the exercise? I want to burn fat off my leg. I want to burn fat off my tummy. I want to burn fat off my arm, whatever it is. Well, here's a great question. Do we burn more energy in the lying down position or the standing up position? There's a great question. <laughs> Obviously, the reason I'm asking the question is it's a common sense answer. Why is it that if, the, if you have to stand up for a long time, a lot of people will say, I'm so tired, I have to sit down. Because we, we use a lot of energy in the upright position. That This group of muscles here that holds us in the upright position that some people like to call the core, a great question to ask is what are the muscles that make up the core and how do they work together to hold me in the upright position? Is that what their number one function is for? And again, as an exercise professional, should we be asking those questions of ourselves, of the people that are delivering exercises that are core exercises? And should we be able to explain to our client or work it out together, ask the right questions? So do we burn more uh, energy in the lying down position or the upright position? How do we actually burn fat off the body? Is it by doing little exercises that get a little result? Or is it by expending a lot of energy all at once? By using as many muscles at the same time, what would give the endocrine system, the central nervous system, the cardiovascular system, the respiratory system, the skeletal system, the muscular system, the entire body, what would make it work harder together as a high-performance machine, little exercises and breaking the body up into little pieces, or would it be better to work, as, work the body in one high-performance machine and use as many muscles at the same time? Uh, I get excited about it because, and then my clients get excited too because they go, well, I don't have to get on the floor and do side leg raises and donkey kicks and squeeze my bum and squeeze my abs. I just need to get into the upright position. Yes, when you get puffed and the harder you exercise, your body turns into a fat-burning machine when you're resting. So the, most of us spend most of our day resting. We spend a small amount of our time exercising. Do we want to do 50% 
effort exercise to get a 50% result or do we want to do 100% exercise exercise to get 100% result? So we've got to work really hard. The harder we work, the shorter the exercise, the more muscles we use at the same time, the bigger the energy expenditure and more importantly, the bigger the effect on the endocrine system, the hormonal system, on the central nervous system, and on all the, every part of the body has to work harder when you put in 100% effort. That's my little puppy dog saying, yes, mummy, I agree. I think it's silly that people do silly exercises. As you can tell, I get very passionate about this simply because uh, I want my clients to get the best results possible in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible. How about you? So if you ask them that question, what result do you want to get from this exercise? What's the outcome you want to achieve? Do you want to do it fast or slow? Do you want to do it safely or unsafely with the risk of getting injured? Do you want the best result or the best exercise or the second best exercise? So let's do the best exercise. Now the final, uh, how do I, the final request might be, but I really want to do this exercise. And I absolutely get that because there are people who love to smoke. Even though they know that it could give them lung cancer, they know that it could make them sick, they know that it's not good for them, but there are some people that just like to smoke. But I would never recommend for somebody to smoke. And I have shared that with my clients many, many times. I cannot, as a professional, give you an exercise that's going to waste your time, that's going to hurt your joints, so you're at the risk of injury at some stage, either straight away or sometime in the future. And I can't give you a second best exercise. I just can't. I'm a professional. I want to give you the best exercise in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible. So if you choose to do an exercise that doesn't fit into that category just because you love it, and I get that. Some people just love to do smoking, even though they know that it's not the best thing for their body. Some people just liked an exercise because they did it when they were at school or they did it with their football team or they used to do it with their netball team. And all I would suggest then as an exercise professional is to share the risk so if somebody says to me, Rowie, I just love to smoke, I go, awesome, you should smoke and bloody enjoy it. Just know, however, that there are some risks involved. Are you prepared to accept those risks? Did you know that most of the people that smoke end up getting lung cancer? Did you know that most people who smoke end up having horrible skin and wrinkly around their mouth and they look old really fast? Did you know that most people that smoke end up with some kind of broken down systems inside their body because they keep putting toxins into their body. And if you're prepared to accept that risk because you really love to smoke, then you absolutely should. Of course you should. It's not up to me to tell somebody not to smoke. Uh, And I certainly can't go up to somebody in the street and tell them not to smoke because I don't have a relationship with them. And that's the difference. I would never go up to somebody and say, don't do that exercise, it's bad for you. (laughs) If it's my client and they ask me, please, can I do this exercise or why aren't we doing this exercise? For me, the response is really simple because I'm your exercise professional. I'm your personal exercise coach. For me, I'm a results coach. I want to make sure that you get the best results possible in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible. So if I were to give you an exercise that was unsafe, it wasted your time and it didn't work, or it worked less effectively than another exercise, is that something you'd want from me as your exercise professional? 
And it's really interesting because I've never, in fact, it's been the opposite. Everybody that I've ever asked those questions of have said to me, oh, thank God I don't have to do sit-ups anymore. Or thank God I don't have to do leg extensions. I really hated them. Or thank God I don't have to do shoulder upright rows because I didn't even like them. I just thought if I wanted to get ripped shoulders, I had to do that. And yes, you will rip your shoulder. There's no doubt about that. But it won't be because you've got low body fat on your shoulder or because you've broken the inside of your shoulder. Because in the little tiny muscles that hold your big bone inside a shallow cavity, if you put them under pressure, if you put them under stress, if you impinge them, it's not if you're going to injure your shoulder, it's just when you injure, when it's going to happen. And I don't want to be responsible for hurting my client. And in fact, I'll go a step further. Isn't, it that, isn't that our number one responsibility? As an exercise professional, I will never injure my client. And I'll share again, in a world we live in now where if you injure your client, you could end up in a court of law being sued for injuring your client, would it be a really good idea to learn your anatomy, learn your physiology, learn how the human body works so that you can give people the best exercise in the shortest period of time in the safest way possible to get the best results possible so you can call yourself a results coach. Woohoo!